Hi, this is Carrie Spaulding, professional coach, and I'm here today talking with Diane Mikowski about her career transition from car salesperson to massage therapist. Diane, thank you so much for talking to me today. Well, it's great to be talking. <laughs> great. So tell me a little bit about the beginning of your career journey. Well, um, it's it's kind of strange because as I've been, you know, pushed here now to think about it, um, as I as I look back when I graduated high school, I actually had no idea what I was going to do. Um, a lot of my friends, their parents had got them geared up for college or jobs, and it was almost like my family was always just kind of like, she'll figure it out, and um, just kind of threw me out there, and uh, I really had no idea what I was going to do. So the beginning of my career life was just an empty piece of canvas. I really had free reign just to kind of go out there and start to figure out what it was that life was about. And, and at first, for a long time, I was upset with my parents about that. But now I realize what a gift it was. So at first, you it, it sounds like it was scary to be kind of thrown out there without a plan. I had zero plan. I had absolutely positively no idea what I was going to do with myself. I, I was almost thinking, you know, when is school going to start again? And when I say school, I mean high school. <laughs> yeah. so. when, when is it September? When do we get to start over with the structure again? So how did you handle that? Um, it, it was weird because I, I just started meeting different people. And uh, I think that it, when people realize you have a genuine interest, um, I think to be a good person and make something of yourself, I think you'd be surprised at how willing people are to be helpful. And uh, a woman, a friend of the family, actually got me my first job at Smith, Klein & Beecham, which uh, now I don't, I don't know what the company is called. I believe it's Glasgow. Oh, yeah, the GSK, the yeah. pharmaceutical company. Yeah, so actually, just fresh out of high school, I landed a job there in the microbiology lab. And, and then all of a sudden, all my friends that went to college were like, how in the world did you get into SmithKline and Beecham? And it was just by telling people, you know, that I was looking, telling people that I was a hard worker, and then going for the interview. And so it, it sounds to me like one of the the best choices that you made for yourself was to be willing to share with people that you were looking. And I'm, I'm really curious. That's really hard for some people to do. What allowed you to put yourself out there that way? I think just having absolutely no plan and realizing <laughs> that, you know, I don't know that I had to start taking risk, um, that there were certain things that I didn't feel were for me. And one option for me, um, as much as it went against everything that everyone else was doing, and it was a very difficult decision, was I, I didn't want to go to college. I really didn't. And um, so I had to figure out a way not to go. Hmm. And that way not to go was to figure out a way to generate income for myself, to be able to support myself, and learn and grow as much as I could, I guess, kind of, for lack of a better way of saying it, on the streets. What made you so clear that you didn't want to go to college? I just, when I sat in school, I just, I had a, I just, I, I there's certain things that I really liked, and then there were other things where I was like, I just thought there was so many other things I could be doing and enjoying, and um, I feel like a lot of the schooling benefited me, of course, but then I also started to realize as I broke away from it for a little, little while, how much real life experience, how like getting my first checkbook, mm -hmm. um, doing all the things in real life, 
really started to propel me into this uh, way of thinking that created a more of a business mind by being on the streets and learning one day at a time how to kind of take care of myself from like going and buying my first car at age 19 you know and doing things like that you know I was like okay this is how much money I need this is how much money I need for my car payment so just doing practical everyday things that while sitting in a classroom I wasn't able to do and um, I just wanted to hit the ground running and I didn't know where I was going at all but I knew I wasn't going to college. <laughs> <laughs> so, you end, so you ended up and and it sounds like your your confidence increased as you got some of this real life experience. You ended up at GSK at the pharmaceutical company in the lab. So how fulfilling was that for you? I was what you call a lab aide. So when I went in for my interview, um, I, I, I dazzled them. I had a really good time in the interview. And I found out that they would, if I decided to go to school, pay for my school, you know, that I'd have full health benefits and all that stuff. What I did as a lab aide without an education, of course, was I got the um, cultures ready for the lab techs who then read the cultures and then gave the results to the doctors. So here I was, a 19-year-old chi child, really, <laughs> doing all this. So I just found all that really fascinating and watching all these um, things come into the lab um, and how the doctors packed them and how things were done. I think I started to lose a little bit of faith in the, in that, how that all works. Um, and it also, so I think it started to plant a seed far beyond my knowing until even what we're talking about now in preventative health care um, and the field of massage. It makes me believe in it even more having that experience. And so that was my first bit of education and self-care um, and learning that it was really important that I take care of myself. And I don't even think that I realized that seed was being planted until much mm. later. And how cool that, you know, so often when we're on our journey, we don't know that those seeds are being planted. How cool looking back and the work that you do now that you can see the beginnings of that in this job that you somewhat accidentally found yourself in. So at some point, you made a shift. Yes. I decided to take another leap of faith, and I ended up in an environmental lab. When I worked for Roy Weston Laboratories, Roy F. Weston said they'd pay for my schooling. I felt like it was something I needed to try. And when I was there, I just felt so uncomfortable kind of in my own skin. And I had finished. I got my associates. And then I went into work one day, and um, they laid me off. And when they laid me off, I was like, I am going on a trip. <laughs> so I had uh, packed up my car, and uh, I went away for two months by myself to the mountains of Maine. And uh, I spent two months just kind of hanging out, hiking. Um, I rented a room in someone's attic, and uh, I just went by myself, which was scary. But I just hung out there for two months, and uh, um, that's what I did. And then when I came back, I really didn't know what I was doing, um, but I needed a little bit of income. Um, I ended up landscaping uh, for a family friend. I was making five fifty an hour. I was living at home, and by this point, I was um, in my early 20s. Um, and still just kind of wandering around, not really sure what it was that I was doing. And I just, I remember watering the plants and thinking, oh my God. What am I doing? I didn't feel safe. When you say you didn't feel safe, what do you mean by that? I didn't feel like I was 
watering plants was me meeting my full potential and really having an effect in the world that I wanted to have. I know the plants appreciated the water, and I I enjoyed that space of quiet and just watering the plants. But I always had an innate feeling inside of me that I really wanted to be a part of um, the world more and um, have some kind of positive effect on people, you know, and um, also give people the opportunity to have a positive effect on me. And uh, standing alone in um, a field watering plants wasn't the place where I was going to do that. So you you knew that you had more inside you to give, and it sounds like... Receive, too, I think. Receive. Yeah. It sounds like people are, were very, are very important to you and central to... It's becoming that way more and more. I'm, I'm learning more and more. If we were meant to do things on our own then we would all have our own uh, individual planets, I guess. <laughs> I love that. That's the, that's the greatest argument for relationships that I've ever heard. <laughs> Some of us might like that, right? I felt like there had to be more to life than what I was allowing myself to experience. And I remember it was raining, and I was the only one at the landscaping office that day. Um, I saw a p- newspaper sitting on the desk, and I'm like, just look at the newspaper. I'm like, no, not looking at the newspaper. Just look at the newspaper. So I picked up the newspaper, and on the newspaper it said that a local car dealership was looking for a car salesperson. And I was like, I am not selling cars. <laughs> I thought to myself. And I always just kind of have gone with my gut. So I picked up the phone. I made the call. And they're like, come down for an interview. And I'm like, what am I doing? And it so something in you told you to pick up that paper, just something in your intuition, and something in you told you to make that phone call, even though there was a part of you saying, what? This is crazy. Looking back, what in you told you to do that? You know, there, there's just something that moves us. I think every once in a while um, in life, a door opens in front of us and we can either walk through it or we can just stand and look at the open door. But we don't know when the door is going to open again. So for me, um, I've always just tried to walk through the door, uh, even though I didn't always know what was on the other side because I didn't know when the door would open again. It takes a tremendous amount of courage to walk through the doors that open when you don't know what's on the other side. And I just... The way that I was raised, um, I, I don't think that we had a Brady Bunch family, which actually kind of was to my benefit, because I didn't know any other way. That was the only way that I knew. What do you mean by that, we didn't have a Brady Bunch family? Well, it was a very, I had a very colorful family, and um, no one in my family has uh, ever gone to college. Um, my father, he lives on 11 acres in the middle of nowhere. Um, he believes in things that a lot of people don't talk about, you know. He's very spiritual and very relaxed. My mom, uh, their divorce, lives uh, on the other side of the country and is almost kind of the same way. Um, I've always just been allowed to figure things out for myself. And as brutally painful as that has been sometimes, and as uh, almost as angry as it's made me, that I wasn't given that structure it's really helped me just have this trust that a lot of people aren't gifted with because my parents never told me how I had to be. They let me figure it out for myself. 
So, so as scary as that was, it, 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 you see it as a gift because it, it was an opportunity for you to find that strength and trust in yourself yeah. as a navigator, Absolutely. as a life navigator. Because we all will be taken care of, I believe, if our intentions and motives are good. Things just magically fall into place for whatever reason. I would have to say there was something that just moves me. There was an, an intuition inside of me. There was a gift from whatever makes the world spin that helped me go pick up that paper. It wasn't just me. It was, you know, something moved me to do it, you know. It was very strange because when I went to the car dealership, I found a, a gentleman uh, that I had gone to high school with. I was working there. So I was instantly hired. Um, and that was my first car sales job. Um, later on, I did transfer to another dealership. And I think car sales is where I really began to learn about people, myself, and business. Everyone has different ways of learning. And if we categorize ourselves and we keep ourselves in a box and think there's only one way, then we miss countless other ways. Um, so my way, my education came from, in a really big way, that car lot. That big hunk of macadam with all those cars was, I think, my college education. You said this was, this was like your college education. And I'm really curious. It's clear that you got so much out of this opportunity. How aware were you that, of that at the time? When I, when I was on uh, the car lot, um, it gave me, you know, you have a lot of downtime in sales, in car sales. You're there from 9 in the morning till 9 at night, um, 12 hours a day, 6 days a week. And the amount of time you're actually having interaction with people is very small. So in the time that I had free, I did a lot of I guess, for lack of a better way, soul searching, listening. I like to write, so I did a lot of writing. And um, I feel like what I learned more than anything there was when I first started, um, I went in thinking that I knew what was up. That I was, I, although I had never sold anything, that I was going to go in and I was going to be the best car salesperson there. And not buy anything that anyone else was going to do or participate in. <laughs> I myself, on my own self-will and my own thought process, I was going to go in, figure it out, and be the best by myself. And um, very quickly I found out um, that that wouldn't work. Because there was people there for 15 years doing what I thought I could figure out how to do on my own in 15 minutes. And it was a really humbling experience because there was a man there. Uh, his, he was, uh, he's probably one of my greatest mentors. And um, he saw me doing this self-will. I'm going to figure it all out. And I got this. I got this. But I wasn't selling any cars. And, and I would go out on the lot and you always had to check in at the desk. And I refused to check into the desk. I would just let people go. And um, he got fed up and he called me in the back office. And uh, he let me know that I wasn't following protocol and that he was really disappointed in me. In fact, that I wasn't doing a good job. So I let him know that he too was not doing a good job and that, you know, I thought he could do better, which again, just shows my arrogance, my disrespect for anyone that has time in anything. Mm. And uh, he said, you know what, Diane, I appreciate what you're saying about me 
and how much I suck at my job. <laughs> but I just dare you, I dare you, to listen to me for two weeks and see what happens. Wow, what did you think of that there? I thought, I thought that, uh... I thought that I thought that I could still do it on my own, but I, I figured he seemed really sincere and he said, you know, he treated me as if I was a, almost like a daughter, that he cared about how well I did because if I wasn't doing well, he didn't do well as my manager. Um, so I decided to give it a whirl and within three weeks I was top salesperson. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so that really speaks to the power of mentors. Both both those we seek out and those who we're, we're sort of gifted with, whether we want them or not. He was also the motivating power in me buying my first, my condo um, in 1998 as a 26-year-old woman. Um, you know, he was, he, he became a huge um, source for me. He, he said before I started my own business in massage that there were some key things that I needed to have lined up to make sure that I was safe and okay out there. So, sorry I'm getting emotional, but he became a really, he was a much bigger mentor than I ever thought, as were all those men at that dealership in all different ways. There was a lot of things that I didn't like about the environment, but the things that I didn't like were also inspiring because I had to figure out how if I didn't like those things, not to be around them and to create a, an environment that I did like. Yeah, I have to say, listening to you, I'm so impressed and inspired by the way it sounds like you, even in your beginning arrogance, in everything you're telling me about, you took situations that could have been throwaways or could have been, you know, just a job and you took, you, took, you found the gold in them. You used them as opportunities to create yourself starting from a point where you really it sounds like you just had no idea who you were and you didn't rely on a certain cookie cutter experience to help you get where you were going so that's just that's just incredibly inspiring to me yes it's been uh it's, it's really nice to talk about it because um you don't you, you just i just have always done it i've just always kind of that's just in my nature and like I said I, I've I've given my parents a really hard time but you know I have them to thank for that I am touched that this is you know that it's pulling up these emotions for you so how long were you in the car lot I was um I was on the car lot for about two and a half years um and uh, like I said it was some of the greatest uh, training of my life I dealt with and met every different kind of person and, you know, and what my mentor uh, at the car lot kind of taught me was to kind of meet people where they were at and to listen to them. To listen, to listen, to listen. The biggest thing for all my success and what I think will continue to help me success, be successful is, by, is the power of listening. And trying to remove what I think should happen sometimes and just trying to listen and, and allow things to happen as they are are happening and let them kind of unfold. So you have all these different personalities coming in and I have countless treasures and stories by not judging people um, by how they look or what they are because there was a lot of times people would come in the car dealership and I'd be like, ah, <laughs> they have no money. They have that, you know, you judge people. And uh, you know, that, that, then after a few times of realizing that all my judgment was absolutely incorrect, 
and some of the people that I thought I would never sell a car to, I might have sold two to in, 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 in the three-year time period. So I also learned, like, that old cliche of don't judge a book by its cover, you know, and stuff like that. So there was just countless things that I learned. And while I was learning, instead of paying money to an institution, I was being paid to learn. So, so all of these sort of fundamental key qualities and abilities that, that set a person up for, for professional and personal success, you know, listening, non-judgment, taking the time to, to really tune in to somebody. It, it's, you learned all that on a car lot. I really did. <laughs> who, who would have thunk? Right? That's amazing, yeah. You had this amazing mentor who taught you so much to the point that you still use it today. At some point, you left the car lot. I, I almost felt pushed out. You know, I, I knew that I had reached my limit there, I guess you could say. And um, when I was uh, 19 years old, my father had decided that he thought it would be in my best interest, you know, for my own physical and mental well-being, that I should go and get some body work to go to a massage therapist and um, to try that route of um, healing for me as a, a, a young woman. So when I was 19, he brought me to this, this body worker and she did massage, she did chiropractic, she did all this stuff. And um, it was the first time in my life I ever realized I had a body. And when I say that, I mean where someone was touching me, non-invasively, um, in a very healing way. Like, I was like, wow, I have a body. Like, I did. I was never still enough to really feel like, wow, I have a body. This is what's getting me around. So by bringing me there, my father really showed me the, like, mind-body connection. And that, you know, my body was a vehicle that was getting me around and, and that it would be for as many years to come as I was on planet Earth, you know. So I always had that memory um, of getting that body work. And um, when I was selling cars, I was having trouble meeting people. So I decided to have a little gathering in um, Valley Forge Park and uh, right up the road uh, from my house. And when I did, um, I actually um, got to meet my first massage mentor. And uh, I met a gentleman and he did massage for a living, full time. And um, I said, what? <laughs> I thought the woman that my father had brought me to was some special once in a lifetime, there was like five in the world <laughs> kind of people. And he's like, no, I do massage for a living. And I have, you know, three children and I'm able to, you know, make a good living. And it's a really great life. You know, you're, you know, intermingling with other people, but you're not really in things. You're kind of like on the outside, just kind of helping people. So this meeting happened at a time where you were already, that the, the seed had already kind of been planted, or, or you were already having kind of an intuitive feeling that it was time to leave the car lot. I was definitely having a feeling that it was time to leave the car lot, just because of the amount of hours that I was working, um, and then also the environment, the longer I was there, I'd realized that it it was a, a great learning experience, but it wasn't necessarily an environment that I wanted to stay in. So how cool that this person shows up in your life, right, at that time. Yes. How old were you when you met that massage therapist at the gathering? 
I met um, my first massage mentor when I was probably in my late 20s. Okay. So, And I want to just ask you, um, I have a lot of clients, especially... 30, you know, sort of the 30 somethings who are, are struggling with finding friends and finding people to connect to. And I'm really curious. I noticed you said I was having trouble meeting people. Um, what did you mean by that? Just when you're working, uh, all those hours, it's hard to get out. It's, it's hard to even manage or figure out or, or have an idea about what you could do next because you're so busy doing what you're doing. Um, so I just really made a commitment to try something different. Like I said, I started, I put out flyers and I said, you know, we were going to start having hangout sessions in Valley Forge Park. Come if you want to come. And, um, my, like I said, my first massage mentor showed up there and, um, told me that it was something that I could do for a living. You, you found that you, you wanted to expand your social network and you decided to organize a gathering of people and you met this person. Yes. Once you met this person and found out, oh my gosh, I can actually, people can do this. This is who I could be. What happened next? I was completely and totally intrigued by him. And um, at that time, even, you know, massage therapy, there was no licensing. There was no certification. Basically, it was a very laid back situation. And um, he told me that um, he would like to be my mentor. And um, that if this was something I wanted to do, that he would teach me everything that I needed to know. He would help me do brochures, business cards, and that I could, if I wanted to work with him, you know, and pick up some clients, that I could. And um, for just the, the, the small fee of, uh, I think it was $1,500. And I said, $1,500. Like that to me at that time was like an, a, a crazy amount of money to hang out with someone, right? Who couldn't give me a license, couldn't give me a certificate, couldn't give me really anything, really, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I told him I had to think about it. And it was funny because I went back to his house to discuss, you know, this, this money that he wanted from me for this information that he had. And his wife, um, pulled me aside and he said, I, she said, I just want you to think about something. She said, are you happy doing what you're doing, selling cars? And I was like, uh, no, I, I'm not. She's like, is that what you want to do for the rest of your life? And I said, uh, no. She's like, so why would you pass up an opportunity for change? Why not take a chance? You know, why not take a chance? So I did. I gave him the money and, um, he trained me in his house. He did all the things he said he was going to do. And when we were done, he said, if you wanted to start a practicing massage right now, you could. And in 1990, uh, whatever it was, six, I could have. Um, but again, my instinct said, no, I need to go to uh, school now. Like I realized that I had just spent this money with him. And that it was going to cost me more money to go to a legitimate massage school that would give me a certificate, give me insurance, and, you know, make me look good on paper. So I decided after training with him, which I got more training with him than I did at the school in so many ways. Um, that was the best money I ever spent in my entire life. It was a total risk, but his training out of his house with his 15 years experience gave me such a head start in the field that by the time I went to massage school, 
I was like well ahead of the class to the point where the owner of the school actually knew him because he was one of the first people in the area to do massage. She got me a job doing massage before I was halfway through massage school. So, so your investment in yourself early on, it sounds like has paid huge dividends just beyond what you could have beyond even imagined. My wildest, beyond my wildest dreams. That's good for you for taking that leap, leap after leap. So as I hear you talk about your transition, um, just all of your transitions, it, it, it sounds like you've been so tapped into your intuition and so bold in taking these leaps. And from where you are now, it's, it's you know, in some ways easier to look back and say, oh, you know, yeah, that was the right move. I'm curious, in the moment, were you ever really stuck or I, I was, scared? <laughs> I don't think scared is a fair word. I think mm. completely and totally terrified. I think... Um, <laughs> You know, when you're facing the unknown, and um, especially if you decide to work for yourself, after having that limited experience of getting a paycheck, having insurance, having someone pay for my college education, like I can see where so many people get attached to that security and almost lose themselves in it, you know, where um, thankfully I was able to kind of just realized like that I would be okay no matter what what's was I okay right then and there and no matter what I would be okay like I could always I would do whatever I needed to do to be okay like somehow we're all okay like I was okay how did you get there to to that place of I'm going to be okay no matter what I'm still I'm still not there You know what I mean? I think it's like an ongoing thing. I'm still not there. Like I wake up, I'm still like, I have, we have a 5,000 clients in the computer at my business Freedom Massage. Now we have four awesome therapists. You know, I now have a building, you know, I, 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 but I still, you know, I don't take any of it for granted. I still, you know, I still have that fear in me, but I think as time goes on, it's getting to be more of a healthy fear mm-hmm. instead of a fear that won't allow me to move. So you feel the fear and you do it anyway. I, I just don't know what else to do. Yeah. I don't know what else to do. You're so courageous. <laughs> I think for me, one of the things that is uh, amazing about this whole ride that I've been on, you know, and this whole journey that I've taken, too, is like when you get out of school, You know, you have all these aspirations in your head about what you're going to do while you're in school and, you know, and and where you're going to be and all this stuff. And, you know, when I graduated massage school, it was the same feeling I had when I graduated high school. Like, now what? You know, then becomes the reality like it was on the car lot. Like, I've never done this before. I've never been a massage therapist before. So even, or a business owner. Or a business owner. So it's all, again, a whole new start of learning. And like, even now, you know, I'm still learning the massage business because the massage business is always changing. You know, now I have employees. Now I have, you know, different competition than I did, or I don't like to call it competition because there's too many bodies. Like there's more bodies than there are hands doing massage. But um, (laughs) I feel like, um, but more people are doing this work. I just feel like there's just such an amount of patience that it needs to kind of get to the point where you finish school in something to becoming, like, I don't know if you ever become an expert in anything, you know, and I just feel like 
I've been doing massage and body work for about 16, 17 years now. Um, and I just, I'm still blown away by how much I don't know and, and, and how scary that is. So, you know, I'm still, you know, you're just always learning and, and, and doing new things. And people say, how have you been doing it for so long? I guess because I look at it as I always have something to learn. It's not just another day. It's another experience, you know, so as scared and, you know, I'm sure my employees could tell you stories about I'm not always calm, cool, and collected by any <laughs> means. Uh, and I do get afraid. Um, but I just keep trying to go back to the, am I okay right here, right now? Is everything, do I have everything I need right here, right now? And, and just having faith that it's going gonna, it's gonna to be okay if my intentions are good and if I just keep walking in a good direction. What a great question for anybody who's in transition to kind of pull you back into the moment. Am I okay right here, right now? Right here, right now, do I have everything I need? Not in the future, but now. Um, and, and now you, with your 16 years of experience, you know, having had these two really wonderful mentors you've told us about, you have the opportunity to be a mentor for others. And you've written a book uh, that I'm looking at right now, The Body is Art, a mentoring guide for the business of massage and body work. How does it feel paying that that role forward a little bit? It's, it's definitely a, some, it's a very humbling experience, you know, um, and it's uh, very rewarding. I've just been so blessed with, you know, I've pointed out two mentors, but I feel like, I've had so many, and I feel like some of my greatest mentors, the ones who keep me in check the most, are the people that might call me a mentor. It's the people that have uh, worked here for me um, and still do. They are by far my greatest mentors. They're probably my biggest gifts. Just the fact that I've, I've, I've been doing this for as long as I have, and to see new people come into it. Um, and watch, you know, some of their struggles and, 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 and as the business changes and shifts, some of the things they're going through, um, I, I do hands down think that they are some of my greatest mentors. So if I actually, if I have the ability to share my experience with someone, I'm finding that what's really happening is they're really helping me in some weird way. So, mm-hmm. and, and I, I never want to be I, I ask uh, the universe or whatever makes the world spin. I, 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 I think the more you know, the less you grow, you know, and just really taking a step back and realizing I am not king of the mountain. Um, uh, I'm a blade of grass amongst a bunch of other blades of grasses, you know, and I'm not there yet where I think that way all the time. You know, um, I'm definitely not. I'm definitely not there, but it's a place that I aspire to be. Mm-hmm. What tells you to kind of carry that blade of grass metaphor forward a little bit? Again, what tells you that you're in the right field? Um, well, first I want to say that like that, that, there, that, that quote, quote right there came from another mentor, just someone that I was really blessed with in my life. Um, what makes me want to carry the message of what I do is I just feel like, you know, everybody has a body, right? And it's what gets us around all day long. And I think one of the things that is so overlooked is our bodies and what a blessing they are. Like, I am unable to experience the world without it. 
Uh, I can't see without it. I can't touch without it. Like everything I do in my life is done through this body, right? And to me, it's really sad that the world has become a place where I have no time to enjoy this body um, and to take this body to see great things and uh, do great things. And for me, to be able to give the gift of massage, the power of touch, that one hour where someone can lie down and forget about everything for just a little while and um, have their body worked on, um, feel their blood flow through their body. Um, I realize that when I'm working on them, I'm helping increase lymphatic fluid through through their being. You know, I'm, I'm supplying more blood and oxygen to their muscles. There's so many great things that are happening for the person on the massage table. And, uh, you know, you see some people kind of remember what they forgot, you know, what's important, you know. And, and I always, you know, without this vehicle, what good is anything else, you know. And I, I just realized the importance of the body. And, um, the body and, and of, of stopping. Stopping. Right? Pausing. And, and just being in, in that moment. And I'm really struck that it speaks to the, the power of your work. And, and that even today you look back on one experience you had when you were 19 years old. And it's still with you. Right? It's amazing, like, if you let life teach you, it will, you know, if you really look back at everything that happened, it all happened so perfectly, and, um, you know, it might not happen fast enough sometimes, or the way that I think it should, but when push comes to shove, it all happens perfectly, and I wouldn't change any of it, so yeah, when I was 19, my dad said, get your life together, <laughs> and his way, thank God, of saying that was taking me to get a massage, well, what a brilliant wow. <laughs> What a brilliant man. So it really did start to kind of unravel this whole chain of events that I honestly didn't really put together in, in such a, a great way until I'm sitting here talking with you. And again, that's the power of other people, you know, mm -hmm. that we all help each other in ways that we might not even know and we don't have to know. Life is always teaching us, you know. The, what you just said is brilliant. We don't and can be very comforting, that could be very comforting to somebody knowing we don't have to know in this moment what is to be gained here, what is to be learned here, but we can still remain open to whatever that thing is. I always yeah. say you can plant a seed, right? You can water it, you can dance around it, you can sing to it, you can do whatever you want. That seed is not going to become a flower until it's damn ready. <laughs> right? So there's only so much we can do. We can't speed up time or speed up our experiences. And through looking back with you at the last 17 years, I wouldn't want to speed up any of it. You know, I wouldn't have wanted to change any of it. It's all happened so perfectly. Um, um, you never know how things are going to unfold. The only thing you can do is, is, is be as present as you can be and enjoy the, enjoy the experience, like really fully enjoy it. And I, I'm still to this day learning how to do that. What's the best choice you made? Oh, the best choice that I made. I think the best choice that I made was being okay with um, not pursuing my education in the way that um, most people do, but also 
being okay with the fact that that might not always be the case, mm-hmm. that every day is another opportunity, you know, and, and that if I stay stuck in the way that I think, then I'm just stuck, mm-hmm. you know, but being open to whatever comes my way, who knows, maybe uh, five years from now, you'll sit down and talk to me and I'll be a college professor. Yeah. <laughs> you can always change your mind. I can always change my yeah. mind and... Uh, you know, we're not stuck. My my stepmom, uh, bless her heart, who passed away, said to me, you're a massage therapist now. It doesn't mean you're always going to be a massage therapist. Remember that we are not signed, sealed, and delivered to one career for our entire life. You can change being whatever you want, whenever you want. You know, and uh, another gentleman said to me as I sat in his house, Um, uh, which had nine fireplaces, and the logs were shipped from Utah. Um, They were about two feet wide. Um, He said to me that, you know, he used to work in oil fields and that he never believed that he would be sitting in the house with nine fireplaces and that all these crazy things would have happened to him. But he said, you know what, Diane, when I was working on the oil fields, he's like, I did the best job that I could. And he's like, no matter what I've done, I've always done the best job that I could. So he said, if you're going to be a massage therapist, just be the best massage therapist that your heart tells you you can be. You know, just do it the best you can. Do whatever you're doing with all your heart and all good things will happen. So like I said, I've had the opportunity to sit with a lot of really great people and learn a lot of really great things. The opportunity, but also the willingness and the openness to receive that, which isn't always easy. Mm -mm, Not at all. Knowing what you know now, what would you say to your 19-year-old self? Knowing what I know now, what would I say to my 19-year-old self? I would say, I would say, take it easy on yourself. I would say that Everything's exactly like it should be, and you're doing a great job, and just trust that everything's going to be okay. You know, everything will absolutely positively be okay. As long as you stay as true to your heart as you can, it'll all be okay. That's what I would say. Thank you so much, Diane. It's been so wonderful talking to you. Is there anything else that you want to say? What I would like to say to close is, is that I never thought in a million years that I would have four wonderful massage therapists working for me. I never thought that I would have a a building here in Malvern that is remodeled exactly the way that I wanted and that all these really wonderful things would unfold and that I have no idea what's to come. But I do know if I keep showing up, And I keep being open that, you know, the possibilities are really endless and that everything will be okay. Thank you so much, Diane. Diane Mikowski is a massage therapist in Malvern, Pennsylvania. This is Carrie Spaulding, professional coach. For more stories and resources to help you in your own transition, visit www.carriespaulding.com.